in a format where people try to always be right, we're comfortable being mostly wrong. Greetings and salutations. So we're missing our the third member of our trio, Mark Jackson. He's got some family stuff going on, and uh, as as it happens, and so it'll just be us. And this is going to be a shorter episode. Uh, Ryan, as it happens, is also going on a trip, and we're trying to squeeze this in before the deadline. Yes, yeah, before I got to go to bed you know, or turn into a pumpkin, you know, <laughs> one of the two. So one thing I realized that we haven't done is kind of really address what the podcast is about for people that if it's the first episode and this is just a miscellaneous media podcast basically we're going to talk about video games tvs tvs (laughs) movies (laughs) comics books in general anything that we're following or interested in from week to week so yeah we could talk about anything on those topics and there will be spoilers because otherwise there's no point in talking about them yes so, yeah, spoilers heavy. I I think we should also try to like if there's going to be a spoiler heavy something that's you know current. You know we could you know maybe say like hey this is going to be a but if it's something for like talking about lost mm-hmm. you know that that should be too far gone that we could talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I agree one hundred percent. And so going to set that guideline. I think next episode we're going to have a more formal like introduction. But I just wanted to touch base here so we actually addressed it. Um, yeah, that being the case, we're just going to kind of dive in. I don't know. Ryan's going to kind of lead the discussion tonight and I'm going to see where it takes us. So what's on your mind, Ryan? Um, so I did have in our show notes, surprise topic to be revealed again, you (laughs) know, continuation from last week. So, however, uh, it does need to have Mark here as well, so we're going to have to put a pin in that until you know all co-hosts are present. Cool, so, ultimate disappointment. And, all right, no big deal. Yeah, we're going to keep everybody in suspense for another week. So, <laughs> but um, I think it's going to be a cool discussion when we can have it. So, all right, um, that works. But um, I think um, for you and I uh, had a little. We went and saw um, the Eternals. The Eternals, yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe we could talk about that a little bit. Um, how we were not disappointed, but not excited about it, you know, for the most part. And so I guess we'll get into, um, um, let's just preface to say we're going to be pretty spoiler heavy about Eternals probably for the next five, ten minutes or so. Right. Um, and so just to get into it a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I... I, I think you and I agree that it wasn't it wasn't all that great, but it wasn't terrible. <laughs> yeah, which is I think it's cardinal sin, right? Because yeah. sometimes when something's bad, it can be more interesting for it. You know, you could laugh about it, or I don't know, it's it's still more engaging. Uh, it was made really well, right? You know, just from a craft oh, yeah, the perspective, cinematography, acting, directing, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, it was well done. 
the the special effects, the fight sequences and stuff were really cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just kind of like I I I think my thing was there were too many characters introduced and they there weren't enough of them on screen for long enough to care about. Yeah. I feel like with as long as the movie was, there should have been sufficient time to care about the characters, but it just didn't yeah. work for me. And it just a lot of the interactions fell flat. You know, like they tried to make them charming to a certain degree. Uh, Gilgamesh, you know, the Asian guy that was um, paired up with Thena, was it? Was it Thena? Thena. Yeah, yeah. drop the A, right? That was her big <laughs> yeah. tagline. <laughs> You know, that was a perfect example for me of a relationship that didn't have any, like, if they weren't telling me repeatedly that they were in a relationship and they cared for each other, I wouldn't have felt it. I wouldn't have picked up on it through subtext. It was kind of like, it's an example of tell, not show. Yeah, I was just going to say that the cardinal sin of, you know, they should be showing us their relationship, not just telling us. And every time, you know, they would force them together and try to give them a moment like this poignant moment it fell flat for me i felt yeah it's less so his fault and i think more on her side where she's a good actress in general but mm-hmm. i felt like she there's a level of detachment from her you know um which would make sense i would say in relationship to the world at large but not necessarily among her own people right because and i think that was a fault of what they were attempting to do with her character having mm-hmm. the, you know, um, her fractured memories, you know, right. and, you know, since we discovered that they were all kind of, you know, like whatever they, some kind of robot type people, you know, and so they get right. their memories erased. And so with her memories coming to the surface or bubbling up and her not being able to comprehend or compute those yeah it's basically like they if they don't if they don't get defragged periodically they go crazy yeah and that's actually isn't that a concept in star wars have you ever read any of the extended universe stuff i mean i read the legacy of the force so i read the the far end you know how how the extended universe kind of ends so as far as i'm aware in star wars droids are supposed to be periodically wiped otherwise you end up with r2d2 and c3po Robots that okay. become like autonomous to a degree that they they find dangerous. Um, oh, I guess a more just a more dangerous version would be IG, one of the IG, the assassin droid. Like he works oh, for the, himself. Okay, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so it's like the sentience is an artifact of prolonged independence without wiping their memories. Anyway, it's not super relevant to that, but. That's what they are. They're effectively biological cyborg computer things, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's my problem. Like the definition of them was difficult for me as well. And I'll be honest, I didn't look it up after the fact, like to clarify. And it could be on a second viewing, you know, the way that because it was revealed um, when she got the orb, right? And then Mm -hmm. um, what's the the big celestial name i can't remember his name that was the problem it, his pro- it's, his it's name or something oh, that's yeah it's close. close yeah uh, yeah <laughs> but there were there were so many names like thrown at you mm-hmm. um but when uh she went for the first time and he like revealed all this backstory about like who they were and everything like that um which i thought was interesting and almost a mistake like you know 
if if like should he have trusted her with that i don't know mm-hmm. like i i don't know it just seemed like right off the bat like oh here's you're brand new to this here let me uh overload your positronic matrix you know with uh, you know all this backstory and information that maybe you can't handle right you know but i created you so you should handle it you should be able to handle it yeah he simultaneously like entrust them with a lot of responsibility over something that Mm -hmm. they should be able to manage themselves and you would think that having that sphere in her would be effectively like a monitor or a tracking device like they shouldn't have been able to kind of sneak that up on him unless, you know, he knew what was happening and just allowed it to play out because he didn't seem that, that pissed, honestly. Right. Yeah. It's almost like you're making this choice. We're going to see what happens. And so be it. And right. there's just, I guess that fits into kind of like the unknowable, like God archetype. You know, they're yeah. so far beyond the average person or somebody like it at our level that we can't comprehend what the way they perceive things. But almost like a Dr. Manhattan kind of thing. Yeah, something like that. Like he, they create and they operate at such a high level that. Yeah, I don't know. But to that end, you know, it's there's that issue. We're jumping all over the place and talking about. Our oh, my God, we are. <laughs> but, <clears throat> you know, the whole idea of they created the. uh what were they called? The deviants? Yeah. And then in order to control the deviants, they had to create another race to control them or eradicate them. And it just seemed um, unnecessary, right? I mean, yeah, you like, agree with me you on know, that? extra steps. Like you could have just, you know, reversed. Like, and I don't think it was adequately explained why the Celestials couldn't uncreate the deviants. Correct. If they can so, will into existence the entirety of a world, why yeah. couldn't they unwill out of existence uh, a life form, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, and I don't, I think it was just kind of accepted that they needed to create the Eternals to get rid of the Deviants, but it wasn't fully fleshed out as to why mm-hmm. they needed to create the Eternals to get rid of the Deviants. So that was... So I, I think that was a point that was missing, you know, like if there was it, so, and, but then it would, then are they are that all powerful if they can create one thing, but not deconstruct control another? Yeah. yeah. So it calls that into it, question. It, and then the other problem yeah. with the, the deviants in general is they weren't interesting, right? Like on their own, yeah. the designs were kind of generic monster movie, like, I hate to throw them under the bus to this extent, but like Relic or something. It was just yeah. a very standard kind of personalityless design until he absorbed a few of their powers and he could actually speak. I agree. But even then... That's like, only when they became interesting, yeah. Yeah, he became interesting and it's like, hey, I'm speaking. I look like I have a motivation. See ya. And then he runs off for another half an hour. Right. And he has no counterparts, right? He's the only one amongst these like mindless creatures that has an agenda. Right outside of whatever their genetic programming is. So it just, it wasn't compelling when it was on screen. And that's the biggest problem I have across the board is that like, I found a lot of it just bland. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was entertaining. I was entertained and it was fun, but I don't think it's going to stick with me for a while. And while there was some world shaping things, you know, that happened 
you know, mm-hmm. with the Marvel Celestial at the end. That right. I actually emerged. love that that's going to be like a permanent fixture in the MCU. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, also that the one Celestial revealed itself to every Earthling. Like I said, you know. I feel like that ate Galactus's lunch, though, that shot. Yeah. Ultimately will yeah. undercut any appearance of Galactus because that would have been the perfect way to reveal him you know, in the yeah. future. And it's never going to have the impact it would have because of the celestial shot, which I admit That's is true. incredible. So yeah. it's going to be like, Oh, it's another huge space guy. Oh, okay. You know, like we've, we've seen one of those before and the, the other one just left. So big whoop, you know, <laughs> pretty much, I guess that's how they, that's how they would one up it. Right. You know, so mm-hmm. they would have to like the, you know, it would have to be a threat, you know, so I guess. So, um i'm trying to think i want to be more positive so it's not just like us shitting on it but um okay one last shitting on it thing how did you feel about the hiroshima scene oh hiroshima um, i'm not sure the correct i mean that was definitely dark um but i still didn't fully understand like that dude's power you know to just like create technology mm-hmm. just periodically throughout history because there was the one point where was it like i don't know they were 500 bc or something and he was like trying to create a steam engine and they were like they're not ready for that and they created a plow instead right and he was so salty about it yeah so i mean i think you know he's got infinite level of advanced technology you know up to like whatever technology they wield and it's his job to kind of like dole out things at the appropriate level you know he's supposed to like at the like when he thinks they're ready for it like i mean he was trying to gauge that over time right and the problem with that scene was he they knew he was forcing it they knew that he was they weren't near that and he was frustrated with that my problem with him is i thought he was a weak spot i think his acting in the Hiroshima scene was kind of ham-fisted and unearned. Um, they didn't okay. spend a lot of time with him, and while the visual of like the decimated landscape was powerful, and you know the, co- yeah. the subtext of what that means, um, it was trying to inject a lot of pathos into like a character and a movie that hadn't really earned it up to that point. Like I feel like you yeah. can't. You can't have that as a throwaway in the middle of a movie on a character that's kind of just a support character that they that isn't a lead in and of himself. Well, I, and I I would have to go back and watch it again, but I if I that was what one of the first times we had seen him in a very long time. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and it just that was an element of <clears throat> where the emotion that was supposed to be in the scene didn't feel authentic or earned kind mm-hmm. of like you know the intimate moments between Thena and Gilgamesh whereas yeah. by contrast okay here's the positive um oh man what's his name Druig it's like Druid but with a G oh the the mind control guy yeah Druig and then yeah. the speedster girl do you remember her name yeah so I felt Don't. like they had a believable uh chemistry they would look each other and there would be like a twinkle in their eyes and you would feel kind of like that connection between them. You got the feeling they were excited to be around each other or liked being around each other at least. 
more yeah. that's kind of how i picked up on it it was a little more forced because they only touched on it briefly in the 500 bc era right because they were yeah. kind of but when they reconnected on the beach during that final conflict you got the feeling that there was like history there and you know that they meant something to each other and yeah, i the feel subtext like was there i i agree with you and then you know they got the main girl uh do you remember her name ajax no ajax was selma hayek um okay i'm talking about i mean the the lead asian girl oh the oh the the main girl that took the orb um yeah her name is one of the ones that's like, cersei oh that's right wow yeah that's it's actually <laughs> a good name so i don't know why it, that dropped off there but her relationship with um icarus uh yeah felt melodramatic at best you know i didn't their, their scenes uh, i totally agree they're um and i don't know if it was uh game of thrones dude i'm blanking on the actor's name. name either but yeah icarus and cersei's scenes like for me felt a little too cw mm-hmm. like a little too flash supergirl arrow kind of like love story and like just i don't know just it didn't it didn't really hit home for me but yeah i guess (laughs) we've dunked on it enough i wanted to avoid internet hyperbole like oh shit this is the worst thing we've ever seen or it's like the worst marvel marvel movie i can see why people would like it be you could be critical about it and you can still be entertained like i didn't walk out of the theater and be like i want my money back you know and i i actually think i would watch it again you know because i i did enjoy it but yet it still had problems like and i think we can be critical and identify those problems you know as marvel and mcu fans and Mm -hmm. i don't think it's wrong of us to want more from it you know and more from kevin feige and the whole team and everybody and it said at the end that that eternals will return return so there's going to be more with these actors yeah survived that didn't fly into the fucking sun like icarus anyway (laughs) no no my whole problem is they should have kept and this is something you you mentioned you didn't like you actually didn't like that there was an internal conflict amongst them right that yeah so that pulled me out of it because i felt introducing a team like there could have been little a little bit but to have one of them be the twist and to have Icarus totally like go against the team and be the bad guy in the end, mm-hmm. just I felt was, I, it was a wrong choice for the first introduction of this team for me personally. And I right. think having them rally around just the single deviant in the end and be united, you know, for like the final battle, I felt would have been more compelling for me, you know, cause of like, it just, I, it felt like a waste of his character just to have Icarus just like, I don't know. And it, it I didn't, I don't know if it set it up well enough and, you know, because he was ultimately the one who killed Ajax, you know, and I, I when that scene revealed for me, that was just a huge eye roll for me for when, when <laughs> I, I just, I really didn't like that for me personally. And I felt it took something away, you know, and it just, for me, it just didn't work. Yeah. And I think what we at the end of the day, that is 
my feelings overall. It, there's just a bunch of disparate elements that didn't quite coalesce into something that I found satisfying ultimately. And right. I think they really put their, I think they really put the work in to make it work. But I think that it comes back to the source material, maybe that um, I don't think there was a lot there. And I don't think that, I think that they didn't, I think this is a property where they could have been more adventurous, kind of brought something new to it, or maybe define the characters more strongly. Because when you look at, at Icarus, really like, what is his defining characteristic? Uh, power and stoicism, right? Yeah. Like he's not interesting. He's not. He doesn't have like a strong personality other than he exudes strength and confidence in himself, right? Right. But that's not interesting, you know. And I guess the idea of him having like the conflict ultimately at the end after turning on them or being having revealed to have already turned on them. It's supposed to be interesting, but it just falls down in that trap of feeling unearned. So, and in like to go along with that, you know, a little bit of a mistake I also felt was with Kingo just suddenly agreeing, just with dipping us. Yeah, and you have <laughs> this great comedic actor who worked really hard on his physique for the movie. And to not showcase him at all for the final battle was just a huge waste of his talents and his hard work. I agree. Yeah, it's interesting concept that he had to get so jacked for for finger guns, right? You would have think he would have thought he would have been more of a melee fighter. <laughs> just so, with that effort. I, I looking back on like because Druig didn't get jacked, you mm -hmm. know, and so like I, I have to wonder if that was Camille's choice. Like, hey, I'm going to be in an MCU movie. I want to do this. You yeah. know, I want this character to be like the best he can be. Mm -hmm. You know, he's going to be a Bollywood star, you know, and everything like he's an action star. I think he's, he would do this and he made that choice. I agree. So, and, and he's such a funny actor and he's a comedian and he was for me really, he was a comedic relief and he was very funny in the movie and, you know, he played a really good character and I was just incredibly disappointed that they wrote his character out of the final battle sequence that way. Yeah, the funny thing about it was that a is huge like, letdown. it didn't bother me nearly as much as you at the time. Um, but in retrospect, I think his absence made it was for the worse. So I yeah. think that's part of the reason. I mean, like on the the beach, like they're all going around, and like there could have been some like funny one-liners or something happening and it, it just could have lifted that whole experience some more you know and to, to have him side with Icarus it really made no sense with the way his character was kind of going it was a really sudden heel turn for him yeah and then to like at the end of the movie just to have him suddenly be like ah, I'm just kidding you know we're, we're all cool you know it just it, <laughs> to suddenly revert back to it you know and be friends with everybody it was like I don't know. It just weird writing choices for me, like kind of because the up and down and the um, uh, indecisiveness of the character towards the end. Um, uh, they they weren't real. I'm trying to think of the right word, like st the stability of them. I guess. Right. No, I mean <laughs> we've established we're on the same page with it. I hate yeah. having a downtone to this, but. It was fine. again like it. It was enjoyable, and I, I, I would watch it again. It's an MCU movie, you know. It's one of those ones that 
when you're ever doing your rewatch, like five years from now, like, I'm not going to skip it. I'm going to watch it, right. <laughs> you know? So I would say um, the most promising thing for me was Black Knight. I wish that they would have yep. focused on him a little bit more. And yep. I wish, so super mega spoilers for people that care about like post credit sequences, his post credit sequence, I feel like could have benefited from, from a more explicit explanation of who he was speaking to. Right. Correct. It had to be revealed that the director came out later and revealed whose voice that was. Right. And so anybody that doesn't know, and I can't imagine anybody that's seen this and really follows the MCU has already looked into it, but it's Marciala Ali, right? Who's going to, who was cast for playing his blade. Right. And why not just have him appear there? Right. In the getup. I have no idea. Like that would have been like the coolest thing ever to just have him turn around and him standing there. Yeah. Freaking blade. With trench coat. When's the last time there was a blade in, in a movie? You know, I mean, this would have been one of the coolest like end sequences. I mean, I can't even like probably since Nick Fury showed up, you and, know. So the thing is, like for the end of the an episode of a series, th- that would make sense. Like you've got a cliffhanger like hanging on yeah. to the next thing. You're going to say, oh, next season, we're going to find out who that voice was. But Blade is going to surely show up again before the next Eternals movie. So well, and I, he's getting his own. Isn't he getting his own feature film? Too? He is, and maybe Black Knight's yeah. going to be a part of that. But that's the whole thing. Like they don't evenly flow into one another. It's not like the next yeah. movie is going to show the the follow up to that scene. So it just makes it a huge, like empty tease. Because mm-hmm. th- how would we have ever known? You know, yeah. who, who that person? That, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I had to find it on a Reddit comment, and then I shared it with you guys. Yeah. So, so while that was cool, like. We had to work pretty hard to get it. And then yeah. um, the other one, Star Fox, I didn't talk to you about this before, but he's problematic because he is not, the Eternals <laughs> weren't, in the comics as far as I was familiar, and I'm not very familiar, they weren't synthetic beings, right? Like how they established the rest of the Eternals in this movie. Star Fox is Thanos's brother, and the implication that Thanos is one of them—you know what I mean? Like he is an Eternal by virtue of the fact that his, you know, brother Eros is too. So it throws a lot of confusion into like what their true origins are. If you follow, yeah. Me. So I, I'm getting it. Yeah. So then, if Thanos is an Eternal, is mm-hmm. he a robot being? I don't know. And it's something where I guess yeah. I have to look more into it. And I guess it's irrelevant because Thanos is dead. But I'm sure with the multiverse, mm-hmm. um, there are more Thanos. Thanos-y. Thanos- Thanos- <laughs> Thanos- yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, that was the Eternals. We Yeah, speaking of it. the multiverse, maybe you should uh, finish What If. Oh yeah. Is it finally over? I mean, it ended like back when I told you guys it was over. okay. So like, oh, was it over then? Last month? I thought there was still at least yeah. a couple episodes. No, right. nine episodes. I'll catch up on it. I promise. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be like it's it's not, it was half hour episode. It would take you like an afternoon. So, well, so this is going to be a shorter episode, and that ate up a big chunk. Surprisingly, um, do you want to touch on uh, the Spider Man trailer and thoughts on that? Um. Yeah, honestly, we can probably save a bunch of these other show notes for when Mark is back, because I know he'd want to talk about them. Um, yeah. So yeah, let's um, 
because I did watch that today and I did spend uh, probably too long of time in the subreddit about it, you know, looking mm-hmm. at all like, did you see the Brazilian trailer like that somebody posted? I saw what I saw was an isolated GIF of yes. a moment from that you, with the lizard. The lizard. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> okay. So more turbo spoilers for people that are worried about that. Um, Trying to keep the, um, was it No Way Home? I can't remember this one. Yes, No Way Home. Is that, yeah. What so I if was you super- want to keep No no Way Home uh, spoiler-free trailers, you know, maybe... Uh, because honestly, I feel like the trailer was extremely spoilery as it was, right? Because it, it just laid out the entire plot of the movie. Um, it was basically a synopsis. Like, there's going to be a few surprises, clearly. But I yeah. didn't expect them to just say exactly what was occurring in it so i mean kevin feige is is, unless this was against his wishes and sony was like we're cutting this trailer screw you Mm -hmm. kevin you know (laughs) it's like i I don't know like he has to be really careful about so hopefully that's in the contract somewhere that you know he so i would hope that this is kind of like a, a mashup of, you know, to make it, yeah, because you're right, it was totally revealing on kind of like, you know, A plus B equals C, you mm-hmm. know, and how the plot points are going to add up in the end, you know? Yeah, because, like, it's one thing for there to be a multiversal mm-hmm. element. We knew that there was going to be other characters from other Spider-Man movies in the past, mm-hmm. but the fact that they explicitly say, Peter and Strange try to cast a spell to make everybody forget Peter is Spider-Man, right? Something about that goes wrong. It tears open a rift to the multiverse. But then they go even further and they say the villains are coming through to kill him because otherwise they die at his hands. You know, his hands against Spider-Man. That was a huge reveal, right? So they're not, they're like attacking him almost out of self-interest because ultimately on all their timelines, they die because Spider-Man kills them. And... So, but I, I, how would they know that they die? I mean, so that's not revealed. So that's going to be like. Yeah, but I mean, it's almost that... implicit. It's like if they have the access to these worlds, it's possible they've popped through a number of them and found that their counterparts were dead, you know, and then yeah. maybe they kept hopping around to see. And maybe their whole thing is they're going through trying to eliminate Spider-Men so they can't be killed. Right. Yeah. That's like my mind immediately leaps to that and it's not a huge problem um there's tons of rumors that you know garfield and mcguire are going to be in it and i think that little spoiler gif you know where they edited out somebody (laughs) is very it indicates that strongly yeah because i mean there was a lizard jumping into air not targeting the spider-man that was alone on the screen and then in the brazilian one he was being punched by an invisible force, you mm-hmm. know? So it's like... A case of you know, somebody that was wiped out CG-wise or just removed yeah. as an element from the scene. So in, 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 you have to imagine there's another other Spider-Man in that sequence, so... Yeah. So that being said, I'm, I'm really excited to see it. I'll probably see this one yeah. in theater. Maybe we can manage to make this happen. Um, yeah, I'm... I'm I um taking my birthday off, which is the Thursday the sixteenth, and then I'm taking the date uh, it comes out off the seventeenth that Friday. So, yeah. um, you know, maybe we'll be able to do a day one, you know, uh, 
get some friends together or maybe just you and me if no one else can get the work day off. Yeah. But no, I mean, I'm definitely excited about it. It feels like after almost two years of not inconsequential, but less important elements being introduced that this is the next big step, you know? Oh yeah. This is like, um, infinity war, like civil war. This is like a high, high tier level, yeah. you know, like getting back to like a triple a, you know, knockout MCU film. And that's what I'm looking forward to. I, I want some, some, mm-hmm. some bigger consequences to things, some bigger answers oh, yeah. and setting up like, I think Loki did a great job of setting up, you know, the next big bad or one of the bigger big bads, but even well, still, I mean, Loki, I mean, I think without Loki, we don't have this concept of the multiverse, you right. know? So, mm-hmm. and so having that play out on Disney plus was super important specifically for this movie. Right. So, but it's like, without that, we don't have this same thing with WandaVision, both excellent mm-hmm. shows that I enjoyed, but the movies just have a different level of gravitas to it. And that sounds mm-hmm kind of up my own ass about it like it's a marvel movie right it's just an action adventure movie you know it's not schindler's list but um yeah (laughs) it just feels more important it feels like more of an event and i'm in the mood for that now especially after you know black widow and the eternals just being kind of middling Mm -hmm. did you see um the discussion about the in the trailer when they get real close to him saving Mary Jane, you know, with the hand. Well, yeah, falling. because they're Gwen Stacying Mary Jane, and oh yeah. So the speculation is probably Andrew Garfield Spider Man will save her. Yeah, because he's like, I've seen this before, and right. like know how to do it properly, which would be badass. Like it'd be nice to see yeah. have a Spider Man that lost somebody like be able to redeem himself in his own eyes, right? To, to totally recognize the situation and. Mm-hmm. You know, or to even have some throw, some guy on Reddit comment said something about like to have some throwaway line be like, don't, don't use the web or, you know, like, you know, if you can't reach or some, something to where like, cause he used a web, you know, and snapped her neck, mm-hmm. you know, and so like that's what ultimately caused her death. And so to have, uh, you know, him to catch her by the hand, slow her down or like to him just come in and save the day. Yeah, and I like that. I like that play on Spider-Man's legacy, and you get to have, like, going back to the word of the night, the pathos, that will pay off because it's been established for 50 years in the comics, you know, his loss of Gwen Gwen Stacy, and then it wasn't that long ago, um, relatively speaking, that Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out starring Andrew Garfield, and that moment was really well done, you know? Yeah. In a movie no, that, was. that was problematic. And then the other redemption element to it is, is uh, Electro is looking extremely strong. His, he's yes. got the classic look to his costume. Yeah. Um, so I'm happy about that. I am curious if they're going to, if like, so I'm assuming that the two other Peters are going to show up at some point in some capacity. Yeah. But well, there also has to be that. a sixth um, Sinister Six me- member, right? That they've also yes. kept in the shadows. I mean, uh, they've established Scorpion as a character, um, but they've never yeah. shown him like suited up. The thing is, like, would he have an impact? Um, I'm trying to think like who else they would squeeze in there. You know, Craven still exists. Well, I mean, of course, my dream scenario, which 
would never happen, but I would probably stand up in the theater, you know, and scream like, uh, like I just go nuts if this happened. But Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin, yeah, the... he is. He is quoted as like saying, "Like I'm still here, Marvel. You know, like I'll do it. <laughs> you know." Yeah, and the only problem like, with him is it... he doesn't fit. At the, he doesn't fit with that group of enemies. I guess he could as like the person that's um, in the shadows, like uniting all of them potentially. So, so they, so they could have a scorpion, and then like at the end have like Vincent D'Onofrio like step out of the shadows or something, like you know, orchestrating it all or something. Yeah, that could work. The only problem I have with that is like Otto and um, Norman, you know. Octavius and Norman Osborn born are both like such alpha characters, you know, they're the leader types and they're already like so strong as far as like villains are concerned. And they've never worked with Kingpin really. No, because they're kind of above him, you know, Kingpin is street level. Like he's extremely, he's a threat at a certain level, but he's, he doesn't go beyond that. Like powered villains tend to outrank him, you know, threat wise. So, I don't know. Either way, I'm glad that there's a few more surprises coming, even though we kind of can see them coming. Um, yeah, I mean... I, I almost I, wish I, just, I hadn't watched any of the trailers because I would have been really blown away by a lot of the stuff they already showed. Yeah. You know, I know it's, it's still going to be exciting, you know, that uh, Commissioner Gordon's in this, you know. Oh, Commissioner Gordon? Yeah, J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. There's that one shot of him in the hat and stuff, and then the people were going nuts. About that. Okay, see, this is where you got me to disadvantage on the meme talk. So, <laughs> but yeah, <clears throat> looking forward to that. And other than that, uh, are there any other big releases this year? Movie-wise? Well, the Matrix, uh, the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm cautiously optimistic. Let's put it that me way. Me too. The problem I'm having with it is I'm still I'm getting kind of uh matrix reloaded vibes from it despite their best yeah efforts. i mean they've they've had so many years to um because i think lana is directing but um, it's not both of them anymore lana's directing but i believe i do they go by pronouns or <clears throat> i think they I transition uh, they are women there that's how they okay. identify i don't think it's so i think they're okay so both her sister female. so her sister is producing so they both worked on it i believe okay. but only one of them is taking directing credits all right so but i they they're taking the whole thing canon from the video games and everything is one of the latest articles i've read right and weirdly morpheus died in a game so yep i never knew that um mm-hmm. it's interesting how they got a look-alike though you know for this other character so that's got well i mean if you remember from the second one was that reloaded you know the architect talks about the iterations of the matrix you know mm-hmm. and talking about the was it this is the seventh version of you you're standing in front of me or whatever so right um i mean how many other versions of morpheus have been out there and so maybe that could be what we're seeing or you know, I don't, I don't know. No, so. it's a good point. And I'm actually on this one, I'm going to go full 
media blackout from this point forward. Like I'm not going to watch any more trailers or look into it. So yeah. it can be a surprise. Yeah. I, I don't even know. They've only had the one trailer and I, I don't even know if they've had any others. So. And it really didn't address too much. So that's what I want. No, it was, it was a good one. So, yeah. well, I know you have to get out of here. So yes, that's probably a good so, time. That was, uh, I think it was a good discussion about movies and things. I agree. Well, we will be back next week with uh, more mystery discussion. I don't even know what it's going to be. And um, the one thing I can say is we're going to touch on comics a little bit more because I am being really negligent with uh, video games and TV shows because my wife and I are rewatching Dexter in order to start watching the new season of Dexter. So that's eating up most of our evenings. And... I'm going to come through with some comic book recommendations. So that'll be what I've got next week. Sweet. Well, if that's all we got, um, while we are mostly wrong, we'll keep trying to get it right. We will talk to you guys next week. See ya. Bye.